sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hour two of Fantasy Sports Today with you here on Sports Grid. we got a lot to cover here on this hour. We have pro football doc Dr. David Chow who's going to be with us. Tell us what you can expect going into the weekend of fantasy football. On top of that, of course, updates on all of the Major League Baseball games in action. As I sit here in what could be considered one of the sports capitals of the United States, the Miami Marlins in an hour from now will take on the Chicago Cubs. Later tonight, the Miami Heat are playing in the NBA Finals, and they'll take on the Los Angeles Lakers. So we'll have a preview of that as well. And, of course, we'll touch on all of the information and news that you need to help you win your fantasy leagues this week. I'm Craig Mish. Uh, coming up a little bit later in the show, Dane Martinez is going to be a little bit of a guest here on the program today. We're going to do some fantasy or reality. I'll throw some really hard questions at Dane, and we'll see if he can answer them as well. But before we get to all of that, let's go to our Wednesday headlines here on FST. And of course, it is game one tonight of the NBA Finals. All of the great storylines, all of the great narratives are in play. LeBron James playing against his former team. Pat Riley, the former Lakers coach, now president of the Miami Heat, going against his former team. Does LeBron hate Riley? Does Riley hate <laughs> Does Riley hate LeBron? Uh, look, it's it's fun discussion. It's fun talk. At the very least, it gives us something extra on top of the game. And L.A. is heavily favored to win this series, although tonight's game, the Lakers are just four-and-a-half-point favorites on the FanDuel Sportsbook in Game 1. Tonight in Major League Baseball is going to be fun, and so will today, because we have eight postseason games going on all at the same time, basically on Wednesday. We have the Reds and Braves going on right now. There is no score. They're in warm-ups right now in Minneapolis as the Twins are getting ready to try and save their season today against the Houston Astros. As I mentioned, the Marlins will take on the Cubs. First postseason game since 2003. My producer, Brett Levy, I don't know if he was even alive in 2003, let alone remember this series between those two teams. That's going to be going on a little bit later today. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, we got a lot to get to with the Steelers and certainly in the Titans, and we don't know even if the Steelers are going to play this week, regardless of which, I don't think there's any shot of you being able to roster and play Deontay Johnson, whether it's in a season-long league or even on FanDuel, if they're not going to play Sunday and Monday and Tuesday is an option, anyone with a concussion cannot be played unless you hear otherwise. So unfortunately, Deontay Johnson, who has looked pretty good for Pittsburgh, admittedly, probably not going to play this week, even if they do end up playing, which I would doubt regardless. Serena Williams, unfortunately, withdraws from the French Open. Yes, we still have some great tennis to discuss as golf and tennis and baseball and basketball and every other sport is basically playing outside of the NHL who just wrapped up their season. So wanted to make sure we get that in as well. So no Serena Williams playing in the French Open. Well, one of the series that we haven't talked about all that much here on Fantasy Sports Today is the one that's going to begin a little bit later today at 5 o'clock Eastern. Now, the news came out a little bit earlier from ESPN that both Denelson Lamette who has been the Padres' best starter this season, and Mike Clevenger, the starter that the Padres acquired to pitch in the postseason, are both not on the Padres' active roster for the wild card. So essentially, they are out for this series. It's very unclear as to who's going to pitch for the Padres moving forward, but here's what we do know. Tonight, 
the St. Louis Cardinals are going to face off with the San Diego Padres. And here's a look at where this stands in terms of FanDuel and what the line is in game one. Right now, the Padres are not just 210 to win the series, as you can see right there, but they're also minus 170 to win today with Chris Paddock on the mound. Paddock has been a little bit up and down this season. He's had more ups than downs, but probably not the season that you expected if you have him in fantasy, if you played him all season long in DFS. The total is eight as well in this game. On the mound for the St. Louis Cardinals is Kwang Young Kim. Kim went into the season essentially as a starter, but found his way into the bullpen and now back as a starter. I don't think many people would have predicted that if the Cardinals made the postseason, that it would be him and not Jack Flaherty in game one. But here we are. Also back for another postseason ride, former World Series champion with the Cardinals, is Matt Carpenter. Carpenter talked about the opportunity to get back into the postseason and start this off the right way against the Padres later today. I mean, there's no question that pitching, pitching wins baseball games, plain and simple. I mean, hitting is one of the hardest things to do in sports. It's very, it can be at times very um, touch and go. Um, you know, a really good offensive team can get shut down by a great pitcher on any given night, especially in the postseason. So anytime you got a great group of arms like we do, you got a really good chance to make a run. And, um, you know, I like our chances. Certainly the Cardinals are pretty big underdogs going into this thing, but I would guess those numbers will be shifting. I haven't taken a live look at the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. Those of you who are out there, you can do it yourself. But with the notion that Clevenger and Donelson Lamette not in there, Maybe there is some value taking the other side and taking the Cardinals. It's going to be really important for that team in particular, I, I think, to win game one. Because if they can come back in game two, can St. Louis with Jack Flaherty against an unknown pitcher, essentially, for San Diego. Padres are very dangerous offensively and probably very dangerous in a seven-game series when they have those pitchers back. But they feel awfully vulnerable right now. And if you think about it, not a lot of people had the Cardinals advancing to the NLCS last year. Most people thought it would be the Braves. They went to a game seven. Everyone remembers what happens there. Max Fried gave up seven runs in the first inning, and it was St. Louis advancing and basically came only a few games short of the World Series when nobody could have predicted that. So that's our baseball update for today. Coming up next, more fantasy football discussion. We're going to have some fantasy by the numbers and talk about what in the world's going on with DeAndre Swift in Detroit. Didn't they draft him in the first round or second round to be a fantasy star? Why is he not playing all that much? We'll be right back with more fantasy sports today in just two minutes. Make sure you stay on the grid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Sports Today. It's Craig Mish here as we got you covered until 2 o'clock Eastern. Make sure you stay on the grid. Also, you can go to our YouTube site over at sportsgrid.com. And by the way, while you're there, check out our radio site, which is sportsgridradio.com and our YouTube channel there that has you covered for a lot of great shows, including Scott Wetzel in the morning and Scott Farrell in the afternoon. We have all the Scots here, I guess, here on uh, on Fantasy Sports Today. We just we have a Craig and a Greg. We're, I've got a couple of Joes. We, we, we have all the first names. 
But in, in all seriousness, uh, go to our, our Twitter site, SportsGrid, and click on that. You can see all the great things that we do, and we have you covered all the time here. All right, fantasy by the numbers in fantasy football. Maybe these are some surprising numbers that we're going to go over with you here, and I'll give you a little bit more of a perspective on what you could potentially expect on this coming week, which is week four of the NFL season. It begins tomorrow, by the way, with Denver and New York. And let's start off with this first one here. And we start off with the number 13. And you may be surprised to know that Josh Jacobs, the starting running back of the Las Vegas Raiders, has 13 targets halfway to last year's total in just three games. Now, why is this significant? There's a couple of different reasons. The first is, is that at Alabama, Josh Jacobs was really not a pass-catching back. They've had several other guys that would come in on third down. And remember, Alabama didn't really need a lot of pass casting catching backs. Why? Because they didn't have to experience a lot of third downs when Jacobs was there. Remember, Alabama won the championship two years ago with Tua and some other players as well. Um, Jacobs now finds himself in a position potentially with David Carr because of all of the other injuries that they've had to their wide receivers that perhaps maybe he is more of an option there. You also remember have Tyrell Williams, who going into the season, some people thought could emerge as a wide receiver two or wide receiver three. He's out. He's on injured reserve. Brian Edwards, another receiver who they picked up basically off the scrap heap, also placed on injured reserve. He's going to be out for a period of time. Darren Waller didn't have a catch in the first half of that game last week. So in general, outside of just plugging in some extra receivers, maybe Jacobs becomes more of a passing option out of the backfield for Carr. We know that he has used guys in that role before and third downs. And certainly even when Doug Martin was running the ball there, he would sometimes throw to Doug Martin as well. And Martin couldn't catch (laughs) any passes in the NFL. He's not even in the NFL anymore. So maybe Josh Jacobs is one of those guys. Now, all of a sudden that becomes a better PPR option, at least for the time being with some of the injuries to the Las Vegas Raiders. So that's our first number that we're going to look at today. Our second number is 209, and what does this represent? Well, Adrian Peterson of the Detroit Lions is 12th among running backs with 209 rushing yards, 4.9 yards per carry. couple of things here with Adrian Peterson. Tells you a few things. The first is, to me, it tells you that the running back position in fantasy is a huge failure. We've already seen the first pick in the draft and the second pick in the draft be out for at least an extended period of time, one of them out for the season. We've also seen another one of the top 12 running backs in Chris Carson, who's just basically been a pass catcher and is also going to be out for a period of time. I don't know that this necessarily means that all day Adrian Peterson is a starter in fantasy as opposed to it's more of an indictment on what we're seeing at the running back position in fantasy. Everyone wants to lock into a top guy and get one of those bell cow type running backs. But just because you have one doesn't mean they're viable. After all, Le'Veon Bell was still a second round pick or a third round pick in fantasy. And we have yet to really see him contribute at all. And he's not going to play on Thursday night. So I don't know that I would necessarily look at the name as opposed to the number. And the number tells you that anybody is viable as an RB2 as long as they have some potential of getting you 10 to 15 fantasy points on any given day. So Peterson is not somebody that I'm in on. 
Although Detroit did save their season last week with a win over Arizona, maybe putting Peterson into more of a prominent role as they move forward, which leads us to our third number here on the show. And that is nine, 9% staggering number for DeAndre Swift, an absolute stud at the University of Georgia, an unbelievable player there, 9% of the snaps in week three, which was a season low. Swift dropped the game-winning touchdown in week one. He has not looked like he is ready to play at this level in the NFL. And this was my this is my favorite running back of all the running backs that were drafted in the 2020 NFL draft. Perhaps they're just at the point where they are desperate. You have desperate coaches, you have a desperate staff, and you have a team that's being forced to win right now. You can't say that in some of the other teams and some of the other options. Of course, the first few weeks of the season are going to be a little bit interesting in terms of playing time, but can the Lions afford to put in a non-viable player when you're 0-2? And I think that's pretty much the answer. Now, there will come a point very soon where if the Lions start to fade, they're going to have to turn to some of their rookies because they're going to trade some of those veterans in October. And I would think that Peterson, who already went through this twice in the last couple of years, could be on the trading block again. But I think Swift is still a great option for uh, redraft leagues. But I, I'm sorry, keeper leagues. But for redraft leagues, Swift is not somebody that I would necessarily uh, look at as a potential option there. Let's continue on with the numbers here and take a look at this one. And we have the number 15. And that is the number of Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler of the Los Angeles Chargers has 15 targets in two games with Justin Herbert and just one target with Tyrod Taylor. Now, there's a lot to unpack with this one because simply put, we don't know who the starting quarterback of the Chargers is going to be this week. I personally have said that I think Tyrod Taylor deserves another opportunity, and certainly when you have your own doctor doing something to you that's wrong, I think that you have to go back and give that guy an opportunity to play. I don't think it was fair. At the same time, if you're an Eckler owner, then you're hoping that Justin Herbert is the starter, and there has been no decision made as the time of we're doing the show. Simply put, Eckler is a first-round fantasy pick, a second-round fantasy pick. He is delivering the ADP that we thought. While Josh Kelly has eaten into some of his time at running back, he certainly doesn't look like he's going to be stealing the job from Eckler anytime soon. 15 targets is a lot for a running back out of the backfield, especially in games, by the way, that the Chargers have not essentially had garbage time in. They've been close in the games that they've played. If you looked at these numbers and you saw the Chargers losing 31-10 and all of these catches coming out of the backfield in games that they have to come back, I'd maybe take a second look at this thing and say, who cares? But it's important, and it's also important to know who the quarterback is, especially from a DFS perspective. It may give you a little bit of a leg up or a better option for that in fantasy. And then we close it out with Kareem Hunt of the Cleveland Browns. And the number that we close it out with is 11. Kareem Hunt has 11 red zone carries, one more than Nick Chubb. Also interesting to see that the Browns are really splitting this in terms of playing time down the middle. Chubb seems to be the first half guy and Hunt seems to be the second half guy. But then all of a sudden in the game last week, you saw Chubb getting the late carries in this game. Here's the bottom line. 11 is an interesting number only because you're seeing more of an even split between Hunt and Chubb. But that's essentially what this is. 
Chubb is the starter, Hunt is the closer, and then if things get out of hand, they usually bring Chubb back in to eat uh, on, on ground control, which is exactly how this played last week against the Washington football team. They uh, The game was close. Washington gave it away. And in the last couple of minutes of the game, they put Chubb back in. Why? Because Chubb is going to grind you out two, three yards at a time sometimes, or he can break one for 50. They know they're going to need both of these running backs the rest of the way. I think both are viable in fantasy. And in particular, I think Kareem Hunt is one of the bigger surprises that you can actually start two guys on one team at running back. And uh, not something that you could say about every other team in fantasy for sure. All right, coming up next, it's time for us to turn it over to Dr. David Chow, pro football doc, who is the best in the business at telling us what the injuries mean in fantasy or reality. We're going to get into Chris Godwin. We're going to talk about what we can expect this week if and when the Tennessee Titans take the field against the Pittsburgh Steelers and all of the other injuries in the NFL as we dive into that next right here on Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. I'm Greg Mish. Stay tuned. We'll be right back in just two minutes. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. NFL Network's Tom Palacero reported this morning that sources tell him and Mike Garfolio that one more Titans player has learned early this morning that he has tested positive for COVID-19 from Tuesday's round of testing. The rest of Tuesday's test for the Titans and the Vikings came back negative this morning. That makes a total of four Titans players and five Titans staff members who have tested positive for COVID-19. Ian Rappaport reported this morning that the Bucks will be without wide receiver Chris Godwin this Sunday against the Chargers and potentially next Thursday against the Bears on a short turnaround as an MRI revealed yesterday that Godwin had a mild hamstring pull and Ian Rappaport also reported Raiders rookie wide receiver Brian Edwards will be out this against the Bills as he is suffering from an ankle sprain and is considered week to week. The Broncos yesterday announced they will be starting third-string quarterback Britt Reifen for this Thursday showdown against the New York Jets. And finally, there were rumbles about Earl Thomas signing with the Texans. Well, right now that doesn't seem likely as sources tell ESPN after meeting with safety Earl Thomas and conducting a physical the Texans do not plan to sign the free agent safety at this moment. To the diamond where the 2020 playoffs kicked off with its new 16-team format and it started in the American League with the Astros scoring three runs in the bottom of the ninth to beat the Twins 4-1. Michael Brantley, two big RBIs for the Astros in that one. The White Sox defeated number one seed in the American League, the Oakland A's 4-1. The Sox got seven strong innings from Lucas Giolito, giving up one run on seven and striking out eight. Jose Abreu also went yard for the Sox in that one. The Rays beat the Blue Jays 3-1 as Blake Snell was dominant, going five and two-thirds innings, giving up no runs and striking out nine. The Rays got two of their... Three runs off of Margot, two-run homer. And the surprise of the night may have been the Yankees tattooing Shane Bieber for seven runs in four and two-thirds innings. The Yanks were all over the Indians, 12-3. to three. Brett Gardner and Glaber Torres both had three RBIs for the Bombers in that one. And today, we have a full slate of eight playoff games. And it starts in the National League at 12.05 p.m. Each time, it will be Trevor Bauer for the Reds going against the Braves, who send Max Free to the mound at 108 p.m. Each time, we Jose Uguardi for the Astros going against Jose Barreos and the Twins at 2.08 p.m. Eastern time. It will be Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins and Kyle Hendricks for the Cubs at 3 p.m. Eastern time. It will be Dallas Keuchel for the White Sox going against Chris Bassett and the A's at 4.07 p.m. Eastern time. 
Hydrant Ryu on the mound for the Blue Jays going against Tyler Glass now for the Rays. At 5.08 p.m. Eastern Time, the cards will go with Kwang Young Kim against Chris Paddock and the Padres. At 7.08 p.m. Eastern Time, the Yankees send Masahiro Tanaka to the mound as he goes against Carlos Carrasco for the Indians. And at the nightcap at 10.08 p.m. Eastern Time, Brett Suter takes the mound for the Brew Crew as he goes against Walker Buehr and the Dodgers. But don't forget that tonight we have Game 1 of the NBA Finals from the NBA bubble as the Miami Heat take out in the Los Angeles Lakers. Current odds at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Lakers are 4.5 point favorites. Total in that game is 218.5. And, and finally, Serena Williams withdrew from the French Open yesterday with an Achilles injury. Williams was seeking her 24th Grand Slam title. I am Chris Kofsky with your Sports Grid news update. You want the edge? Then get on the grid. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today as we get ready for another week of the NFL. Of course, we have the Broncos and Jets coming up on Thursday. And certainly, we're still sort of awaiting word exactly what is going to happen this week because we have had a COVID outbreak with the Tennessee Titans. Who better to talk about that with than Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc on Twitter. You can follow him. Dr. Chow and I actually talked about this and what could potentially happen a few weeks ago. And as prophetic as it was, here we are. Dr. Chow, thanks again for coming on the show on this Wednesday. How are you? Doing fine. Thank you. Well, uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago when you made your very first appearance with us this uh, fantasy football season and what could potentially happen. And certainly with my familiarity of Major League Baseball, Dr. Chow, I have to say I am a little surprised that this game already has not been postponed to another date, given the fact there's been so many uh, positive tests and confirmed positive tests with the Titans, but I suppose you would have better knowledge than me and better insight on me as to where this sort of stands. But uh, I am surprised that we sit here on Wednesday with still a little uncertainty. Well, first of all, it doesn't actually surprise me because of the differences between baseball and football. Certainly, you're more worried about football inner team transmission because of the contact, whereas baseball is socially distanced. But even in baseball, they didn't cancel things a week out, right? The news is they canceled them one series at a time, a couple days at a time. And with the news breaking on Tuesday of the positives, the league is just getting around and reacting to see where it's at. If it grows, that number goes from three to six as they test positive, or there is risk to the Steelers, uh, i.e. there are some Vikings that test positive, then games will get postponed or canceled. But the other big difference, difference between baseball and football, there's 162 games in baseball normally. There are 16 in football. Therefore, did, did, the, did Major League Baseball cancel 10 games at a time? No, they couple, canceled a couple days or one series at a time. And the NFL is doing the same thing. But they have. The Titans are not going to be in their practice facility all week. That might be a competitive disadvantage, but it is what it is. Uh, look, last year or the year before when eight Patriots got the flu before COVID and they had to fly down on a separate plane and play and a lot of the people missed practice, the NFL did not talk about postponing. The game, I do not will believe, will be postponed because of three positive tests, even if it goes to five. The only way it gets postponed is if there's risk to the Steelers, the opposing team, and that's when things get postponed. Now, if the Titans have three offensive linemen, I have no idea who sure. they are right now, the players. Right. Mm-hmm. And it becomes seven offensive linemen, and they don't really able to feel the team. They may end up forfeiting 
but it won't be a postponement as far as the league is concerned is my take on the situation. And that's sort of the differences. The league has acted quickly to shut down early on the Vikings, and I think they'll come back and practice sooner than the Titans. But the Titans probably will not practice this entire week. And there are obviously fantasy implications coming off of that. Yeah, and, and certainly that's uh, you know some of the th- things that we are, are going to dive into here, and we talk about injuries all the time. Uh, but in terms of injuries, Dr. Chow, there weren't really quite the uh, injuries that we saw uh, the week before, which, is, as you mentioned, that's a really good sign. But let's start off with a few players that did pop up on the injury report again this week. Unfortunately, here we are again with Chris Godwin, who had the concussion. I know a few weeks ago you had said he was not going to play in that game. That ended up happening any more optimism possibly this week? I know a hamstring issue is never good, and he played so well in that game, Dr. Chow, on Sunday. I was surprised to hear that pop up. Yeah, our only hope with Chris Godwin here is that he didn't finish the game because the Bucks were up three scores in the fourth quarter, right? And maybe it was precautionary. I don't have the word on what his MRI showed yet, but that's where our hope is for Chris Chris Godwin fantasy owners. Uh, and maybe it was more just tightness because of the inactivity coming off the concussion, so to speak. So fingers crossed that it's not severe. But yeah, Godwin is a tough guy who can try and play through. I would be more concerned about Deshaun Jackson's hamstring. Mm. Uh, why? Not calling Deshaun Jackson soft. And the Eagles certainly need him with Jalen Rieger out and Alshon Jeffrey not ready to go yet. But the difference is this. Deshaun is your classic speedy receiver that relies on separation to get open. Godwin has a little bit of both. Yes, he's speedy. and But a smaller guy like Deshaun Jackson, who really relies on his hamstring, is probably going to be longer. The same grade hamstring is longer in order to return and be effective. Yeah, no, that's definitely the case. Also in Philadelphia, Dr. Chow, we got the word yesterday that the Eagles placed Dallas Goddard on injured reserve. So certainly that means he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Uh, And I know this is more of a fantasy question even than an injury question, but we've discussed it. Uh, Given the nature of injuries in the NFL and how many roster moves we have to make, I don't know if Goddard is worth keeping at this point, Dr. Chow, given the nature of what Philadelphia has gone through, which is sort of stunning how quickly we're going to have to move away from him. Well, let me tell you, I don't know that I would move away from him yet. Depends on your fantasy league. I mean, how many guys do you have on your bench? I mean, if you have to play every player, obviously he's going to miss at least three weeks. I think Goddard's going to be back and be effective this year. Uh, Will it be after missing three games? Maybe not. But the second half of the season for sure. So if you have the roster flexibility to keep Goddard for the second half, I think that would be great. It's been proven that he was targeted a fair amount this year, right? And some of that may be, you know, okay, Zach, we don't have a new contract with you, but we have other options. Maybe your price has to come down. I don't know, right? That's just speculation on my part. But he certainly was getting a share of targets, Dallas Goddard. So if you have the flexibility, I wouldn't get rid of him yet. All right, let's move over to another tight end in San Francisco, and that is Jordan Reed, who Kyle Shanahan said is going to be out for six to eight weeks. And I know that necessarily he's not a starter for a lot of people in fantasy leagues, Dr. Chow, but I I do wonder if George Kittle is going to play again this week. And that would be somebody that I think is important to a lot of folks, especially the Kittle owners who picked up Reed. 
Yeah, you know, Jordan Reed was an excellent stopgap, right, for uh, George Kittle. And uh, in the end, it made a lot of sense because San Francisco had all those other wide receivers injuries. So who were they really going to throw the ball to? And, uh, heck, they even had their running, the top two running backs out, and not to mention their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. And we know Nick Mullins over time has loved his tight ends, right, Ross Dellinger and, and so forth. So Jordan Reed got a lot of play early on here. But at this point, he's out for a while. George Kittle, I think, has a reasonable chance to be back this week for week four for the first time. Because remember last year when he hyperextended his knee, he missed two and a half weeks. This is now missing the second week. I think he's got a realistic chance for the first time this week. All right. Now uh, the big question at quarterback this week, and certainly there's a quarterback shuffle going on in Denver and after the Chargers last week. I think let's go back to that discussion, Dr. Chow. And you called that right on the money, exactly how that injury went down. At the time when we were doing the show last week, we didn't know that it was uh, as serious as it, as it looked, although you said that he wasn't going to play. That ended up being the case. He wasn't going to play. Now Anthony Lynn with a strange comment again on Monday saying that he's not in a position to rule out Tyrod Taylor for week four against the Buccaneers. And and, and Dr. Chow, maybe this is more of, of an ethical thing for me than anything else. But I feel bad for Tyrod Taylor, and and I don't know how you can remove a player due to injury, especially self-inflicted by your own team. Do you get the sense that that Taylor will be able to regain his job? Will they play fair, or will they play uh, to win right now? It's a tough call for me with that. It's a very tough discussion, and no question, uh, what happened to Tyrod is the ultimate form of friendly fire, right? I mean, uh, and it's unfortunate. But this week... Tyrod could play this week. Um, is he going to be 100%? Maybe not quite. I think by week five is when the rubber meets the road on what Anthony Lynn's decision is going to be. I think he has a tough dilemma, but he has an easy out. You don't want a guy to lose his job due to injury. But is it fair to the other 52 guys on the team if you're playing someone who might not have been proven to be the best guy? Yeah. And you're just holding his job. So I think he's got to balance that. So if Justin Herbert proves that he's the man for the job, I don't see how he doesn't go with Justin Herbert come week five. Oh, if it's oh. a little bit iffy and Justin Herbert's still new, it's going to be easy to say he deserves his job back. Oh, I want to be Tyrod's attorney in the next year if that ends up uh, if that ends up happening. Um, okay, let's end with Chris Carson of Seattle, Dr. Chow. We, everyone saw this one, and, and Carson was certainly upset with what happened there. Uh, there are some people who feel Carlos Hyde is going to start this week for Seattle and Carson's going to be out uh, potentially for a week, maybe two. Travis Homer's another one there. What did you see with Carson? Do you think this is one week, two weeks, no weeks? Look, everyone's by now has seen that Gator role, right? And you have your opinion whether Tristan Hill should be uh, suspended or fined or kicked out of the league or nothing should happen to him. Uh, everyone has their opinion. But let me tell you, medically, and we said this in-game from the injury, did not believe it was a significant injury. There's no question that he was hurt on the play, but I don't believe he was injured on the play, making that distinction. There's no question he's going to be sore. Pete Carroll said he's going to miss a week or two. Pete Carroll sometimes all over the board and what he said, <laughs> says, right. you know, on what it is. No offense. He said Bruce Irvin was a knee sprain and it turned out to be an ACL. He's calling Chris Carson a knee sprain. I don't think it's an ACL. But let me tell you something. I'll go on the line here. I think Chris Carson will return to play sooner than Jamal Adams, their safety with the groin, who has to 
to patrol sideline to sideline, even though the, the Adams hamstring is, or sorry, groin is said to be mild. And I don't rule out Chris Carson for this week yet. We'll have to see. I don't think it's a long-term injury, and it might be shorter than you think. So we'll have to uh, keep following. Well, Dr. Chow, always some great information. We'll certainly follow all of these injuries as the week goes on. Thank you once again for being part of our show. Really appreciate it. We'll catch up again next week. Thank you. All right, Dr. Chow with us here on Fantasy Sports Today. You can follow him on Twitter at ProFootballDoc. ProFootballDoc.com each and every Sunday takes you through every injury in fantasy football. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today in just two minutes. So stay on the grid. We'll be back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Craig Mish back with you here on Fantasy Sports Today. We got fantasy or reality coming up. And then, of course, the Sports Grid 60. Make sure you tune into our show every day, keeping you updated on everything fantasy-wise and the Major League Baseball postseason. But uh, before we kick in a little fantasy or reality, we got a special guest with me here at the end of the show to answer some of the burning questions, make those burning true or false statements here on the show. You can see him every day on the early line. He, of course, is Dane Martinez joining me at the end of the show. What's going on, Dane? Thanks for jumping on. How are you? Yeah, how you doing, Craig? Absolutely no problem. You see Mariano Rivera's jersey behind me. It's like you guys came in for the bullpen. I'm ready to go. Yeah, we got the closer there. Now, if only uh, we could bring Altoon back to the Jets, Dane, we'd be in really good shape because that's the only thing that could save that wide receiving core for the moment. That's for <laughs> sure. sure. All right. All right. Let's uh, let's let's kick it here. Fantasy or reality? I'm going to throw the question out. Here's how it works. I ask. Uh, fantasy or reality make a statement it's more or less true or false questions and what you believe and dane will let us know and then i'll I'll weigh in on my thoughts as well statement number one the broncos jets game thursday dane will be worse television than the presidential debate on tuesday is that fantasy or reality it is a question of perspective, but from my perspective, it, I will say that is reality, okay? And listen, I don't know if you know this, Craig, but I am, in fact, a Jets fan, okay? And a Jets fan who believes in the saying that disappointment is a function of expectation, all right? So if you were going into tomorrow thinking that somehow, you know, Brett Rippin, you know, on a short week on the road at laying points is going to go in and win, then it won't be as embarrassing as what we all saw uh, last night in the debate. But I expect this to actually be the bounce-back spot for the Jets because I can't believe anybody like this, the QB3 on a short week, can just go in and win. So I am expecting now the Jets to win. So when they inevitably let me down, it will become reality that it will be worse than what we saw last night. And that's saying All right, fair. That's fair enough. Dane's a Jets fan. We got a lot of Jets fans around here. So, uh, the, I, and I and I think the statement that Dane makes is fair. Certainly, if you are a Jets fan, you're certainly hoping that Thursday night is a win. And I'm going to agree with Dane on this one too. I'm going to say fantasy because I, I look. I think you know, we don't do politics here on the show. I don't do politics in my sports. It's just not what I do. Fair. But just from 
a watchable standpoint in the debate last night with the amount of talking over just from a technical point of view and the amount of just nonsense that was going on on both sides back and forth. I was just disenchanted. And again, if these two candidates want to be watched, they're going to have to do a better job of all coming together, I think, on television so we can hear what they actually have to say on both sides. I will say fantasy, and I'm in agreement with you. I don't love the fact that the Jets are not favored. I'd love to see them favored, so I'd feel better about taking the Jets. The line is telling me Denver still has a shot. But uh, I'm in agreement with you that this is a fantasy to start with. Uh, It won't be worse. It'll be better. Fantasy or reality, Dane? Let's go to our second statement of the day. Tonight is game one of the NBA Finals. I know you'll be watching this. The Los Angeles Lakers, and we're going to be specific here, will win the NBA title. They are pretty big favorites to win the NBA title, but they'll do it in five games or less, Dane. Is that fantasy or reality? I believe that is fantasy. Um, And I'm going to say it. And here's a data point that I think helps me out. You know, our friends and partners at FanDuel have a market of how many games will this series go? And if you look at five games and seven games, there's only like two, 10 cents of difference between them, right? And I think that speaks to the fact that this can be a long series or even a series like Miami-Boston where Miami has a big lead in the series, but each game seems like a knockdown drag out fight. I believe that Miami is a decent matchup. I believe Bam Adebayo was created in a lab to potentially defend Anthony Davis and LeBron James in 2020 and I think you know in any given day either Robinson or Hero can get hot and will keep them in I don't think the Lakers are going to run away and hide I do ultimately think they will win the NBA championship but I think it'll take Mm. more than five games Greg okay yeah I'll uh we're in agreement here on two I hate to agree so much but I but I am going to here again and I'm going to pick the heat to win in seven games in this one it is definitely a homer pick I am not going to sit here and tell you it's not a very rare homer pick for me so it's not that I'm recommending betting on it here on sports grid but it is you know certainly what I am rooting for as a former season ticket holder for the heat who has lived in South Florida for let's see, uh, 41 years, 42 years. Uh, it's what I want to see. And also really good points about the about the FanDuel Sportsbook. You guys can go over there right now and bet on, on when the team wins and how many games they yeah. win at all. They have all kinds of options going into this. So I will agree. I will say fantasy. And if the Lakers do beat the Heat, I would hope that it is in more than five games. I don't think Miami came all this way to get swept or to lose in five. So, uh, look, LeBron is can the great equalizer. Can I ask you a question about this, Craig? Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, because I know you're so plugged in da- there down in South Florida. One of the things I mentioned on the early line was the plausibility that Spolstra, if anybody, knows the best ways to defend slash prevent what could happen with LeBron. Is there any book on LeBron? And if so, does Spolstra have it? I think offensively, yes. I, I think the one thing that you can't quantify, and I, I still think remains the same, Dane, is that no matter who LeBron covers in the finals, he's going to neutralize. So it, mm. I think it's going to have to come from other players outside of Jimmy Butler. My assumption, Dane, is that LeBron will be on Jimmy Butler. So it, it, And then again, what, what are you counting on? You mentioned Bam. You're counting on Duncan Robinson. You're counting on Tyler Hero. You're counting on Goran Dragic. And if those players can play like they have in the previous rounds— 
then I think that he'd have a good shot to win this thing. But essentially, LeBron's offensive game, we have to be honest, it's not what it was when it was with the Heat. He's still an elite player in the league. He's probably top two, top three, maybe still the best. But defensively, from what I understand, Dane, he hasn't missed a beat. So uh, that's the one thing that I don't think that Spolstra can change anything about. Offensively, you could be right. It, It will be interesting to see how that happens. And the Lakers don't have five guys winning games for them like Miami right. did doesn't mean look the Lakers still may have the two best players on the floor at all times but Miami may have the deeper team and we haven't seen essentially Dane in many years the deeper team beat the team with the stars right like we really like haven't the seen that. over the Lakers right <laughs> That's yeah. just or, or even going back to uh, Boston that championship where they beat LA where it wasn't just Garnett it was Pierce and, and Rondo right. and other guys too uh, that's kind of who the Heat are. And then the Lakers are more or less the Warriors or even Toronto with Kawhi and DeRozan or, or um, you know, some other players that they've had. So sure. it's, a li- it's a little bit different, I think. Uh, okay, fantasy reality. Let's close out with this. Now, full disclosure on this one. Sometimes, Dane, I walk into a question that is prepared for me either by my producer, Brett Levy, or my co-host, Joe Pia. <laughs> so, so I'm walking in blind here. Uh, you have listened to Vin Diesel's new song, Feel Like I Do. So I'll start off with this. This is also fantasy for me because I was unaware that Vin Diesel had a new song, let alone was even a singer, let alone even had a single out at this point. And so uh, I am a music connoisseur. You are a massive music connoisseur. Fantasy or reality for you, Dane? I've given my answer. It's fantasy. How about you? Is it fantasy or reality for you? You know, Craig, before you mentioned how you didn't want to agree as much, but I agree with you and I feel comfortable doing it with this one, right? This is fantasy for me as well. I, like you, had absolutely no idea that this is what Vin Diesel was doing these days with his uh, with his life. Maybe this is like a, a quarantine pandemic because he can't act or be on set and he's still got to find ways to stay relevant slash, you know, Uh, gain revenue? Who knows? But no, I did not know any of this. And quite frankly, I don't know if I'm uh, going to be inspired to check it out after this. I am a, you know, 90s hip hop guy and quite frankly, sports talk radio consuming in the way that you and I all have to do all the time. So I don't have much time for uh, the Vin Diesel crossover project. Yeah, no, neither do I. And I, and I think that that's the best way to put it is that you and I no, had no clue that this even existed. So it's it's hard to comment on something that we didn't More know. More power to him, though, I guess, right? More power to him. <laughs> but that, that is true, let alone Dane jumping in here at the end of the show. Uh, regardless of that, we got uh, the, the news earlier today, Dane, I just and I, I know that you talked about it on the early line a little bit. But, you know, certainly we're waiting and in, in in my, my viewers, I know yours too for wagering and, and for fantasy, but mine in particular more for the fantasy angle, some wagering. Very curious as to, Dane, what your thoughts are on this, uh, this Titans-Steelers situation where uh, right now we have one more player testing positive uh, for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. It's become a political issue and I hate even to go through it, but knowing what I know about what the Marlins and Cardinals went through, Dane, I find it really hard to believe that they could just suit up on Monday. Maybe Tuesday is an option for them. I don't know what their timeline is. But what I've recommended earlier in the show, at least from a fantasy perspective, is just don't get caught, right? Like if you have any of those guys right. on either of the two teams, not not Minnesota, e- even though, by the way, Minnesota tomorrow is really the key day in terms of the testing because it's usually three or four days after, not one or two. It's like everybody was jumping for joy yesterday when nobody on Minnesota tested positive. They don't understand right. it takes three or four days to Given figure that out. days, right. Yeah, you got to give it a little more time. But I, I, I have a good feeling about them being able to play. 
what what is the such the rush to have this just and by the way no disrespect to tennessee but tennessee pittsburgh i mean you can't just simply give them a little extra time and, and guys to get healthy and not have to yeah. worry about this and how, how do the steelers feel right now dane knowing that this, this is up against them coming up this week this is the weird part for me also, you know, and I, it feels odd to me that it's almost like the priority is to like still make week four happen intact as opposed to the, the more possibly prudent or cautious uh, way to play this, especially as you say, and I know you were all over it, Craig, right, with the Marlins, like the way these things just develop, okay? I'm not trying to make any bold political statements either, but we have proof points of the way these things play out. And so I'm with you. I think discretion is the better part of valor we'll see what happens but from a pure x's and o's fantasy standpoint this is what we were worried about right i had one of my uh followers ask me a question today literally with this uh juju is a starting wide receiver for this person's team right and the wide receiver four for them that would be in potentially is like a jerry judy or a jameson crowder who play tomorrow and you have to make that decision with incomplete information and I think besides how commissioners have to deal with this with roster spots or additional, you know, uh, COVID IR spots or whatever the case may be, if you decide a threshold for payouts, you know, these are the kind of decisions that I think fantasy managers are going to have to do. And the key is you're doing it with incomplete information. So for me in this situation, generally, I'm going with a guy that I know is playing. And so, yes, I'm taking Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm taking Titans out of my lineups. And maybe even, Craig, you may have to consider this with Minnesota. Like you said, tomorrow is really a key day. There's a universe where you have to do that with the Minnesota Vikings and the Houston Texans with incomplete information as well. Yeah, no, it's it's really an interesting dynamic for me, as, as, as I've uh, pointed out. And and been you know wrong along the way with all of these different things and guessing is that you really can't guess on science and you can't guess on medical, but it's so strange to me how after MLB looked so foolish on kicking the can down the road when the commissioner went on television on a Monday and said the Marlins would play on a Wednesday they didn't end up playing for another like thirteen days, why they just wouldn't at this point do it put a TBD on it. And, and not like force them to play in an awkward position on a Monday or Tuesday when they have a path right now to give both teams the week off and shuffle the schedule very easy. I thought they did a great job of doing the schedule. So I suppose that there's still a chance that this game could get played, but for me, I just don't understand the rush so early on in the season. Yeah. It doesn't, uh, doesn't add up. But All right, well, what we'll do is we'll have the Sports Grid 60 coming up next, and then, of course, make sure you stay tuned a little bit later in the show we're going to uh, let you know how you can catch the Pharrell show later on so make sure you stay tuned we're back right after this sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid as our show comes to an end today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here tomorrow at noon, getting you ready for week four of the NFL and fantasy football season, also updating everything that's going on in the Major League Baseball postseason as well. Speaking of which, does pitching win championships? Does pitching win the postseason? Ask the Braves and Reds. No score right now in the bottom of the sixth inning between those two teams. Before we get out of here, we got our guest today, Dane Martinez. And 
Dane's got a final thought here on the show as he delivers his version of the Sports Grid at 60. Dane, take it away. Yeah, Craig, you know, so you're a baseball guy. You know Ernie Banks, let's play two. Well, today it's let's play eight. And I think this is an amazing day for Major League Baseball. And maybe one of the few ways that baseball can kind of grab back the attention, right? We have eight games, some of them you mentioned going on right now, all the way to the Dodgers getting their series started. And I always think, you know, in the middle of the football season, what if this was a way you keep the playoffs expanded? You keep elements of this form and some of the things that they tinkered with in 2020, I think it could be awesome. And what a day for baseball. The other thing that'll be tested today, Craig, is the old axiom, is momentum really tomorrow's starting pitcher? Guys like Bassett, guys like Ryu, you know, it's really going to be tested in such an interesting three-game format. I really want to see if any of these teams will bounce back from their 1-0 deficit. Yeah, uh, interesting. <laughs> Crazy that the A's are down to Bassett here at this point in game right. two in the post. <laughs> but it's true. It's a very good statement. Um, look, my statement is the statement that I've made yesterday, and I'll make it again today. Uh, I understand very clearly what happened with the Marlins and the Cardinals during this whole COVID stuff. And while a lot of people are accurate by saying that it is no worse than the flu, make no mistake about it, there are guys that have it as bad or worse than the flu. And we're not talking about one or two or three or four players. You're talking about several on an NFL team. So why would you try and push the envelope to play in a season where we still have two months left and you're not canceling anything? You went through it with the Marlins. You went through it with the Cardinals. They came out. Both teams made the playoffs. So can Tennessee. It'll be fine. No reason to rush this game Monday or Tuesday. People safe rather than sorry. That'll do it for the show. Thanks to Brett. Joe and sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com